gonna do what they say can't be done We've got a long way to go And a short time to get there I'm eastbound just like no bandit run Keep your foot hard on the pedal Some never mind them brakes Let it all hang out cause we gotta run to make Welcome to Highway Freaks I'm Bright Guy, your host and standing by, my brother from another mother, it's J-Bad. And we have our sound man, Wildman Will. And tonight, guys, we are going to talk about a lot of crazy topics. All the way from a haunted motel in Levina, Montana, to Will's actual first, I might add, first movie review. And Jay has got, oh, this Jay got all kinds of stuff. He's going to be talking about a couple people that passed away recently. Uh, before we get started, we should talk a little bit about still looking for that female podcaster, guys. Um, we are basically trying to get someone part-time to, uh, you know, come maybe on two, three times a month and, uh, well, just give us a run for our money. See if you can come up with better topics as well. Uh, we will have a Facebook site coming on very shortly, and it's going to be a private site. So for you truckers out there, our road brothers and sisters, you guys will get to join the site, and you'll get to see information related to the trucking industry and whatnot. And tonight, a special treat. I'm going to be talking about the lighter side of e-logs, and I'm sure my my compadre, Jay, will definitely be chiming in <laughs> his feedback as oh. well. Those interesting, lovely things. Aren't they? Aren't they? Uh, What's going on in the news? Who's, who's got some news items to talk about? What about you, Will? Yeah, so uh, there was, you know, the, the, this guy that, that uh, tried to rob a bank, and uh, he robbed the bank without a gun, and then ended up proceeding to tell the, the teller that he was going outside to his car to get a gun. And that is where he got caught. So, you know, I I mean, we don't got really smart criminals down here, that's for sure. <laughs> so, so, so there's like, okay, this is a stick up. I got a knife. Hang on. I got to go get, I gotta go get the gun. Okay, <laughs> just hang on for a minute. I'll be right back. And then we're going to grab the gun. And then this is going to be another stick up. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. 
exactly. I mean, it's not really an, an even fair no. trade. And didn't uh, Joe Borden, Bordem, uh, didn't he say that, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I love that one. Um, yeah. Didn't he say that they will not negotiate with terrorists? Well, yeah. Um, and what did he just do? He just, he just basically, by doing this, said that, uh, you know, United States, the, the president of the United States is a weak socket. Um, now I would, if I was a, a, an American overseas, um, I would, I would be afraid. Well, I, I, I totally agree that, that the, that Biden is a total piece of shit, but, you know, I, I, I myself have an issue with, uh, Brittany being in jail because, you know, she's literally in jail for something that's legal around 90% of the world, except for like maybe a couple of places. And, you know, the car, the cartridges that she was caught with were actually completely empty. There was there was no cannabis in them at all, right? So, yeah, there's there, there there's a lot of controversy over her right now. Well, the thing of it being, Will, is you know Russia, countries like Russia, China, North Korea, um, aren't really big on uh, you know human rights. Yeah. Um. So knowing that, she broke the law. You don't fuck around in those countries. Okay. This is the kind of countries you're dealing with. North Korea just executed two teenagers for watching Western shows. Yeah, and I you know, I understand where you're coming so, from, but it's... It, it's like, those are the countries you're dealing with. So when you go there, when you go to these countries, you make sure all your little duckies are in a row and you're not you're not even bringing in a f***ing aspirin. Right? Right? Very true. You know, I mean, I don't agree with her getting busted for bought either. What? You're going to a foreign country, you have to respect their laws. Yeah, and, and at the same time, just because it's a law doesn't mean it, it makes it right. Well, uh, true enough. I agree with that. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Will. But what sure. I'm saying is you're also dealing with a country that does not like Americans. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. And the big news, guys, is we have to talk about the royals, Prince oh, Harry God. and Meghan. They have uh, they have a new Netflix series out, and uh, it's breeding a lot of controversy. But uh, apparently, people that don't like her actually are liking her from the way that she's coming across on the series. And uh, Harry did make a very good comment about I had to get her out of uh, England because, like, they killed my mother. I didn't want to see her get killed. So I mean, you've got to understand from his point of view, uh, the guy definitely loves his wife. And, you know, I will agree at that point. What do you think? Well, you do realize she's an actress, right? Because poor one, but she is an actress. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, we will see how that goes. And by the way, there is a new Toonie coming out. And this is an interesting toonie. It's silver, but it's got a black circle with the queen in it. And um, it's kind of like uh, a memorial to Queen Elizabeth. But the black around it, I mean, it almost looks like a goth coin, you know? So you're going to have all the goth people going, yeah, man, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The queen with a black circle around her. Maybe we could put some black eyelash around her eyes. Throw the tooties on her eyes. Yeah, man. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, it's uh, we'll call.
call it we'll call it the Queen the Queen Elizabeth Golf Coin, and uh, it only has uh, like a quarter stripe. It's kind of a strange uh, design on the coin. You would think they might like have a complete round circle of black, but the, I guess they they ran out of ink or something on each one, and they decided, well, okay, we'll just put a quarter on there, and uh, away we go. So anyway, we've got a lot of great topics tonight. Uh, we'll start with our man. Wild than Will, because he has a great movie review, and I want to hear about that. So, go ahead, Will. Yeah, so, uh, you know, things have been uh, kind of weird around here, so, you know, I, I took the time and, you know, watched, uh, watched a movie called Uncharted, and uh, it is literally the, well, what I, what I would view as the best action-packed uh, film that I've watched that's you know, it's not boring. It it happens not too fast. And, you know, overall, I would give it a, a five out of five. Um, without giving too much away, um, there it it it's based on a story of a person. I'm not gonna say who, but uh, this person goes to find a lost treasure. And um, when they finally find the lost treasure, they are met with you know a, a lot of force. Um, that's what all I can say without ruining the movie, but, um, it is, it is truly like one of the, one of the best movies I've, I've watched in at least a couple of years. Who's in it? Treasure Hunter, anyways, um, he goes by, uh, Victor Sullivan, and, uh, there's also Nathan Drake, uh, I, I don't know how to say this explorer's name, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna butcher it, but, uh, the name is Ferdinand. Um, Megalyn, <laughs> but I mean, oh my God! And and, and the director to, to this movie, man, he did a wonderful job. Ruben uh, Fleischer, I believe his name is. But uh, man, this movie—if if you have not watched Unch- watched Uncharted and you really want to have a uh, sense of you know satisfaction from a movie, this would be the movie to watch. It it, it is just like um. It, it, you know, it, it has some scenes in it that, you know, might resemble some other movies that, you know, might be boring, but I, I promise that this movie is not boring at all. This movie is, um, again, one of the best I've, uh, I've seen in years. And, uh. Wasn't it, uh, wasn't it taken off a of video game, Will? Yeah, so, um, Uncharted is, is actually, uh, was ripped, what they call ripped from, uh, from a video game. However, the video game uh, depicts something completely different. So it 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 it's like you know the the starting of it is roughly the same. So it starts off with him ju- jumping out of a plane, right? But I mean, uh, if you've played the game, uh, this is gonna seem uh, a little bit different. They they took the idea of the game and then just made it into a movie. Which I I found amazing. I, I've only played one of the Uncharted, but uh, yeah, it it it's man. As soon as I realized that they had made a movie based on one of the games that I actually loved, it, it man, it was like without a question the movie I was gonna watch. So on a scale of seven air fresheners, Will, what do you give Uncharted for a movie review? And the other question I'd like to ask you is, what did you not? like about Uncharted? Um, well, for an action movie, this isn't overall, but based on based on action movies in itself, action adventure, I would rate it about seven air fresheners out of seven. Um, 
you, you know, on, on satisfaction as well, I, I would probably, well, satisfaction would probably be about a six out of seven because there's, there's only a couple things that the movie's missing and that, that would go into uh, what I don't like about the movie, which is um, some of the scenes. Tell us about it. Some of the scenes don't. Uh, I noticed that some of the scenes don't stay the same. Like, um, for instance, you'll see someone at a dinner table with, with dinner on, or like with food on the plate. And then it'll switch to another angle where there's a plate that's empty. So, you, you know, it, it, it kind of takes away from it. But um, overall, yeah, I, uh, like 7 out of 7, man. All right. 7 out of 7 air pressures for Uncharted by our sound man, Wild Man Will. Okay. So, on to J-Man. You have got two biographies. Yes. week of two unexpected deaths, and one was extremely unexpected. You want to tell us about it, Jay? Well, we lost first, November 30th of, the, of this year, we lost Christine uh, Ann Perfect. You don't recognize the name, do you? Nope, we know her as Christine Wheatwood Mack. Ah. What a, cool, what a cool birth name, eh? Christine Perfect. That is cool. That, that is, is cool. a cool name. And, of course, everybody loved and we lost her on the fifth. And apparently, uh, she died of colon cancer. Oh, that was released. Okay. Um, and we all know that that killed uh, the lovely Sarah Fawcett, right? Yes, yes. Now, so more about Christy McVie because I don't know a lot about her. So can you tell me no, a little bit about her? You know, her this history. was a really interesting one. She was born in 
quick little uh, glimpse into this great lady's life. Right. But it, but it, in the 1960s, she was with John McVie. Right. That's the guy's name. That's the guy's name. And then she had two other husbands prior, uh, which was Eddie Kintella from 1986 to 2003, buddy. So, just wanted to add that to you. Well, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really go into the into the husband thing because, you know, doesn't really have much to, because they, when did they divorce? They divorced years and years and years ago. And other than uh, John, I don't believe she stayed in contact with any of the other ones. I may be wrong. Um, but most of all, it was mostly her um, songwriting. I mean, she wrote or collaborated on most of uh, Fleetwood Mac's album. I mean, she's right. very, very talented. So, yeah, that's yeah. a big loss. That was a big loss because um, I really didn't know much about her until I saw her picture that I recognized. Now, on another subject, as far as Kirstie Alley goes, what else can more can you tell about her, about uh, to our freaks out there, our truckers? Oh, Kirstie McVie? Oh, Kirstie Alley, buddy. Oh, Kirstie Alley. Well, this is a this is a kind of a wild one. Um, she was married twice. Um, in 1970 to her uh, childhood uh, sweetheart, and uh, they had your basic, you know, basic marriage up and down, up and down, like everybody else. And uh, they uh, his um, oh, what the hell? They didn't. I didn't write his name down. I wrote the other one down. Parker Stevenson. Parker, Parker Stevenson. Parker Stevenson. Well, Parker Stevenson, they they uh, um, they didn't meet until 1981, I believe. Um, she moved to L.A. on a whim to pursue Scientology. Believe it or not, um, she was a uh, interior. She was an interior designer in uh, Wichita, Kansas, where she was born and raised. Um, and anyway, so she went off to Hollywood and. She actually appeared in a couple of game shows where she uh, she was in match game. She won fifty five hundred bucks, and she was on Password Plus, which I don't even remember. But um, she would eventually, in nineteen eighty two, get her uh, film debut in Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan as Kenneth Savick. And uh, it was such a she made the, the the character so popular that they wanted to bring her back. For the next two Star Trek movies, but she turned them down because, believe it or not, they were going to pay her less, even though the popularity of Savick uh, had grown greatly. Oh, wow. So, yeah, like, it's, you know, that's Hollywood, right? And she did a couple of added the big role on TV. No, 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 no. She would go on to do, um, you would probably remember this. Remember a movie called Runaway? And with with Tom Selleck, where he was a futuristic cop, and he was going after the uh, um, those killer robots, they were like spider type things. Yeah, she was in that. She was in that. Um, she was in in '85. She was in North and South with um, Patrick Swayze. Wow. And and I saw this movie too, and it, I thought it was kind of a lame ass movie, but um, women would like it because it's a, a, a real feminist movie. It was, she played Gloria Steinem. You remember Gloria Steinem? Woman's right. 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 All up. She was a Playboy bunny. Oh, wow. And she played Gloria Steinem in, as a Playboy bunny working at the Playboy Mansion. And uh looked, looked very damn good, too. I remember that part of the movie. But, so how uh, did the... Well, 
she did. She started to gain popularity because she started with the. And I seen that this is actually a fun movie. If you, if you <laughs> she started a movie called Summer School with Mark Harmon, and like she already had success, right? She, like she wasn't a, ma- a household name, but you know, she knew who she was. And it's a good movie. Like I, I really enjoyed it. And then in 1987, she got her big break. Let me guess. Take a guess. Look who's talking. No. Absolutely not. Her big break came replacing Shelley Long on Cheers. Her fame grew. Um, And then in 1989, she did Look Who's Talking. With uh, John Travolta and Bruce Willis. Right. And I didn't know that. She was madly in love with John Travolta up until the day she died. Really? Yes. So they could have been. Yeah, I, they could have been. Yeah. I, but John Travolta unfortunately doesn't do very good in the voice department. Oh, that's That's a Hollywood. That's a Hollywood thing, though, man. Um, but uh, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, John. We won't. We won't talk about the <laughs> massage therapist thing that you were involved in. No, I don't want to know about that. <laughs> I put Scientology ads on him, man. That's why oh. he never leaves the church. Just, uh, my, you know? Might I add, Scientology also has a lot of uh, conspiracies around it for, for a number of reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well. Let's, you know, let's go ahead. Let's get what? Well, of no, course, I, remember, she was the Pier 1 import spokesperson. Right, and she was okay. also Weight Watchers. Uh, uh, Jenny Craig. Jenny Craig. Jenny Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she remained close with her... Uh, Cheers, cheers, uh, co-stars, all of them. Um, yeah, she was she was pretty much active all the way up until uh, she got sick. And then you know who was actually hated on Cheers? Shelley Long. Yes, yes, she was very, very disliked. So really, everybody was thought that Diane was so popular, but when Rebecca came, she was not only funny, she she could carry uh, the mantle that Shelley Long had left. Well. Shelly Long, if you have you ever watched any other shows with Shelly Long in it? Well, she was in the Money Pit with Tom Hanks. Money Pit, right, right, right. Now that's the only other movie or show I've seen her in. And she played, she played a grandma in a sitcom. I don't quote me on it. I think it was the one with uh, Sofia Vergara. Uh, she would play the grandmother. Um, oh, what is that one, Will? You know, where they have the two kids and the the two guys that uh, live Modern together. Modern Family? Modern yes. Family? Yes. I never watched it. She was, yes, she was um, Ed O'Neill's ex-wife. That's correct. Thank you. Okay. The light just went on as the grandma. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that's, uh, in, yeah, exactly. Modern Family. Great show. Okay, so what Speaking, I, go ahead. What I found with Shelley Long is her character was always the same. Always. I never seen her in Modern Family, so I can't say. But I didn't like her on Cheers. I just thought she was whiny bitch. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I'll pass it on to you. Let's talk. Talk some Elogs. Okay. So we're gonna get into Elogs first. Okay. We'll hold off on the haunted Adams Hotel uh, for a little longer. Uh, but yeah, let's get into Elogs. Uh, as being a truckers podcast, people always say, "Well, why don't you guys ever talk about Elogs?" Okay, well, your wish is my command. So, um, the lighter side of Elon. In case some of the freaks that are listening to this podcast don't know, 
us tribe drivers, we go through uh, a daily basis of a kind of a routine that pretty much is verbatim. You know, we change a few things here and there, but I want to talk about the e-log rules as applies to the United States. We will go over Canadian e-log rules at another podcast. Um, and uh, one thing I forgot to mention, where are we tonight, guys, before we get into this? Where are you, Jay? I'm in Ontario. Where about? I don't know if I want to tell you. I'm in Convert. Convert. Oh, you are Ontario. Bastful son of a bitch, aren't you? My I don't want God. it. I don't want I don't want any of those the guy the, the guy the get it those women that listen to our site that like listen to our podcast. Um I don't want them to know where I am so that they can come and kick the crap out of me for the nasty things I usually say about them. <laughs> Let me give you a word of advice. Don't don't friend escorts and they are listening to our podcast. Okay, guess <laughs> what? They're not listening to our podcast. Well, you know, unless they take third-party out-of-country checks, I guess. That's that's the J-Man. Okay, so, okay, so here we go. Um, by the way, I am in South Beloit, Illinois tonight, and Will, the sound man, he is back in Calgary. How cold is it there tonight, Will? Are we freezing our, our, our tillies or what? Uh, today's a little bit better, but, um... Well, right now, it's about minus, well, it feels like minus 15, but we we just got out of a huge cold snapper with like minus 35, minus 40 Celsius with the wind chill, and so we're kind of enjoying this now. Actually, we have, actually, we got up to uh, uh, plus one today, but it felt like plus four, so that that was that was a nice change, but now we're getting cold again, so, you know, that, that old wide sale of us living in England, I mean, we might as well... <laughs> Well, you know, if you don't like the weather in Calgary, just wait five minutes. <laughs> so, and and I do know what cold was. I was in Brandon, Manitoba on a reset, and Bandit had to have be all bundled up with his booties, the whole works, and it was minus 40, boys and girls. So, okay, so let's get back to the e-logs. So um, this is what we do. Uh, we have an e-log that we follow. And if you're hauling in the United States, a driver has to be in a, what is called the sleeper berth for 10 hours. It doesn't mean that you need to be sleeping for 10 hours. It just means that it has to be recorded in the e-log for that time. And then you can actually do your pre-trip or whatever you want after that. Uh, I usually need seven to eight hours of sleep myself. Jay, what about you? Uh, well, it depends. It really depends because I got sleep apnea, so I don't sleep anyway. But... Uh, no, I can, uh, because of years of, uh, not sleeping anyway. Um, sometimes I get eight, sometimes I can run on four. Um, it varies. It'll, it, it just varies how good my math works when I'm sleeping. Right. And we know you run different hours than I. Um, generally I'm the two to two guy. You're usually the, pretty much the four to four guy, right? No, midnight till, I'll, I'll run midnight to noon. Oh, there you go. Okay. And do you want to tell our truckers why you do that there, buddy? Well, I do it just do it because I never have a problem finding parking wherever I go. Yeah, parking is crazy. Up because, because by the, especially if you have the misfortune of going to somewhere like California, New York, um, places that uh, don't really have that many accommodations for, for trucks, um, they fill up fast. They sure do. Um, for some reason, especially for some reason in California, nobody wants to work past 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That's true. You know, yet you roll into the truck stop at 8 in the morning or something like that, 
they're still packed. Like these guys haven't moved yet. Like what? They 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 take fifteen hours off every day. Like I don't get it. I don't know. Sun dogs, you know what I mean. So sun dogs, okay. yeah. So once you start your day, you have basically you got to input a fifteen minute pre trip. Now, why is that, Jace? You want to tell our our freaks why? Well, do you want the 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 honest reason? Just the, just or do you want or do you want well um, the layman's? Because the government says so. Right, right. That's okay. pretty much and what it is. But, it, I mean, it is a good idea, you know, you should be checking your truck out before you leave. You shouldn't just uh, wake up in the morning, have a squirt, jump in the truck and take off without, you know, checking some shit out. And yeah, then, exactly. You, know, you gotta you check you, the you oil. You gotta check, you check your oil, your, your fluid. Um, yeah, circle check, you know. Signal. Check your, your, your air, your, you know, I what I usually do is I just, I fire the truck up, and uh, then I shut it off, and I'll walk around, check my tires, and I listen for air leaks. Right. That's, a, that's, that's what I do, you know. Um, it's, you know, I just want to interject. Your shift starts, regardless of the time, no matter what. Now, this is where it gets interesting. You have 14 hours in the United States to drive 11 hours. Now, that doesn't sound that hard. Actually, it's not a reality when, in fact, your truck is governed at 62 miles per hour. Now, you want to tell our, our freaks what govern means, Jay? Okay. Yeah, it's uh, governed or in, in the States, they call it limiting. They have speed limiters on. Um, your speed's limited to whatever speed your your carrier that you work for decides you're going to limit your truck. Now, owner operators, a lot of companies don't require them to limit their trucks. They're wide open. Um, our company, for whatever reason, I don't know, chose 62 miles an hour. Right. Um, some companies are 68. Now, that in 11 hours, it is possible if you're if you're if you're limited at 65 miles an hour, it is possible to do 600 miles a day, 630 miles a day if you don't in a screw around all day long. In about nine to ten hours. That's and right. Yeah, so after driving for eight hours, then you got to take this stupid little thing we call the 30-minute break. Here's That's the right. problem. The e-log clock still continues to run, even though you're technically not doing any work. Now, I don't know how some expert figured that out. Obviously, he wasn't a truck driver. I mean, you know, you can wolf down your food, take a fast pee, take a shit, and then get back on the road, but really... Do you really want to do that? And it's well, really not real. That now that right. now that I now that I think about it, do you remember what the old the old log book rule was? Wasn't the old log book rule you could drive ten hours and take eight off? Uh, In this, I can't remember. But anyway, when all this shit started, it was the advocate. Um, you know, housewives against tire truckers, and you know, sandwich makers against the. Uh, fat truckers and, you know, everybody just against truckers that all of a sudden knew more about the industry than everybody else that was doing it, lobbied the government and forced them to fight the change, and they came up with it. Right. And then the E-log the came in. Now, and everybody then, knows, everybody knows, most people listening to this, that I have a dog. And mm-hmm. what I usually try to do is book off an hour and a half and then drive my other three hours. So. Whatever that may be, 
that's when I, you know, do my, uh, you know, usually my supper break, take Bandit out for his business, and usually fuel up. And it usually covers that period of time. Um, yeah. There's lots of things that can play havoc with that 14-hour shift. This is where it gets interesting. Loading, unloading. Um, I don't know when, and I don't think it'll ever happen, when receivers and shippers will get the idea that, we're not there to sit all freaking day and then decide to go drive because by that time we have exhausted pretty much a 14 hour shift. And that's where it gets screwy because then you deal with traffic, you deal with weather, you deal with border crossings, meat inspection, truck equipment, what you had for supper, your pets. And then of course you deal with how you feel after you wolf down some of that crap that most of you guys are buying in the truck stops. I'm a firm believer oh. in the Instant Pot and the Air Fryer. Oh, the, more, yeah. the more we eat out, the more that we want to truck, you know, uh, cook in our trucks. So, and I'm telling you, if you ever have violent diarrhea going down the road, it is no fun driving a big rig. <laughs> you got oh. to pull over and find the nearest ditch or find the nearest tree and let her fly. Um, I mean, show me a truck driver that hasn't shit their pants. And if you say, oh, I've never shit my pants, you're a liar. <laughs> That's all there's to it. You are a freaking liar. Okay? I say yes to that. I know my compadre on the other end here says yes to that. We have all done it, guys. We've all done it. So when you hit your 70 hours on your cycle, then you have to reset. Now, that's called a either a recap or you have to sit for 36 hours. You, you want to tell the freaks what a recap is, because I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know what that is, other than those truckers that are listening to our podcast. Oh, that's a hard one to explain to somebody that doesn't drive, you know. Um, you're allowed uh, 70 hours in eight days in the United States. I believe that is correct. Correct. Um, now, if you run, if you do your free trip and you're driving, and do not go over 10 days, 10 hours or and do not go out over 10 hours on duty and with all your driving. And you, in theory, you will never run out of hours. In theory. In theory, that is correct. Sadly, we're in an industry where we're 99% of the time, depending on which way you're going, you're already late. Very true. And Okay, so you've got to run every freaking minute. Um, so by on your sixth day, you're out of hours. Generally true. Now you've got no hours to travel, so you've got to sit for your 36 hours. Now if you're lucky, you still, on your seventh day, you have a few hours, and you only got to sit for 24 hours, and you get you get hours back from eight days prior. Exactly. Okay. So the problem, <laughs> the, pro- the, the problem on the recap, here's the problem. You get the, the hours you got eight days ago, but we call them limp hours. You might get limp hours back. So let's say eight days ago, you only get four hours because you were sitting at the, you know, the, the receiver or the shipper that whole day. And that's where you get the limp hours back. So you're limping to the next, the next big, you know, 10 hours, right? But you also got to add this into consideration, Brian. Um, the law states federally in Canada and in the United States, you must log by your home time. Exactly. I drive at midnight. Okay. Well, the problem being is, is I'm going to leave at midnight in Ontario. But my 
a show 9 p.m. I'm from West. So now, eight days, eight days from now, I figure I got hours coming back. I look at my recap and go, son of a bitch, I've only got three hours. So now, right. now to uh, answer a lot of uh, a lot of the same questions people are would have is Jay and Brian, both of you, uh, please explain to uh, all of our listeners who might not know um, how easy is it to just unplug the e-log. I don't know. I've never done it. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's connected never done underneath it. the dash, and if you do so much as do that, your ass is grass. No, I remember the old day. Um, not the e-logs, but do you remember the early, early satellite? Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, that's basically um, where the e-logs evolved. Okay? Right. Your, your you, satellite cannot, <laughs> you really, truly cannot manipulate these things. <laughs> I, I used to fuck with that thing so bad. Uh, what I, <laughs> I, we had this state-of-the-art thing with the computer chip, um, and... What, did, what happens computer chips when you put a fucking magnet on it? It quits working. Right. Yeah, right. So I find so many of them that they just decided to leave me alone and let me call in. Let's carry on here before we, we take a break. The wages in the business will not make you rich either. If you think you're going to become a millionaire driving a truck over the next 20 years, you are sadly mistaken. Um, a company driver can start for as little as 35 cents per mile in the United States. Uh, you can go up to 75 cents per mile. Now, generally, they need to be driving at least two to 3,000 miles per week to make a half-decent living. So 10 to 12,000 miles per month would be the company monthly average, equaling 80 to 100,000 miles per year. Now, that generally means a truck driver has to be away from his home, okay, where he lives, for periods of six to eight weeks. And I'm telling you right now, it takes a special spouse to be able to put up with the time a trucker is away from home. Um, contrary to myth, we do not have a woman in every state, okay? We wouldn't have time for that, okay? Nor the money, okay? I can also tell you the sad state of the business is there's a lot of infidelity and divorce. Uh, due to the extreme economy and food prices, fuel and expenses, I think today it probably happens more often due to stress and depression, which Jay will be talking about coming up very soon. Um, Stupid-ass bullshit, pre-planned COVID doesn't help us any. It basically showed how ignorant the U.S. citizens, Canadian citizens could be controlled by government like sheep or herding cattle. Yes, COVID is a real thing. Don't get me wrong. Let's face it. Wearing a stupid mask, shopping in a Walmart doesn't do shit for you. No. I won't even... I won't even get into the unmitigated bullshit vaccines out there and what they're doing, okay? As for the numbers, I think they're grossly out of context, so we won't get into that. But back to e-logs, they are good, but I think the clock should stop when you're not doing any work. But it doesn't. Another thing is, for some reason, the planner, who you should be saying is not God, but they think they are, Okay, your dispatcher's God, your dispatcher's your best friend. But the planner always thinks they have this godlike attitude. And I'm going to probably piss off some planners that are listening to it, but listen up. We don't have rocket fuel. Okay, we not, just in case you're wondering. And your delivery times are unrealistic. The rule of thumb for a driver for this, every 100 miles a driver drives. How long does that take, do you think, Will? Uh, well... Usually, if you're going 100, you'd be there in an hour, but you're going under 100, so I'm going to go out on a day about an hour and a half. 
Exactly. Bing, bing, bing. You win the prize. A driver can make about 600 miles per day, driving 62 miles per hour in a 14-hour shift. So if a dispatcher or planner plans you on a load, use this as your guide because then you won't go wrong. And that's when you have leeway and say, look, it's 2,500 miles. You want me to be there in three days. Are you smoking crack? Exactly. Now, my last bone of contention is called P, personal conveyance. Yes. This is a very dark gray area, and some trucking companies actually cheat their drivers and themselves. I've actually lost a job because I called a truck driving company on it, and it was a company out of Ontario. We're not going to mention any names, Little Farm Trucking. You know, it basically means you can drive up to 45 minutes by getting groceries or sightseeing or doing errands. But it does not mean that you can get 45 minutes down the road and you can take 45 minutes off your miles. Fuck it, because it doesn't work, okay? Um, Real simple. It applies to whether you're bobtailing only and you're not under dispatch orders, and it gets abused all the time. I had a very good friend. Um, he's no longer with us, but he drove on PC constantly, constantly. And I wish I knew the name of the trucking company because I was I would expose it on this podcast in five seconds, but I haven't. I just know that uh, when Johnny was alive, he drove on PC all the time, and he even unplugged his e-lock. And that this guy actually doctored his e-locks. He'd go from New York City to Florida, and of course, that's it's impossible. Uh, I should say Chicago to Florida. Correction, it's impossible to do that in two days. Well, it was long as two days all the time. So um, there's many companies out there that unfortunately do force drivers to drive that way. And if you are, by the way, a truck driver listening to this podcast and you're being forced to do that, just go tell them to shove, take the job and shove it and get another trucking job. Because I guarantee you, you will get another job out there. When you have a class one CDL, that's like having a piece of gold in your pocket. You will never be out of a job. I don't buy this for one minute. Oh, I was a truck driver and I'm out of out of the job because of COVID. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're a lazy son of a bitch and you're not going to get a job in another trucking industry. Okay. I met a guy just like that the other night. Okay. You know what he was doing? He was working at a truck stop as a janitor. Come on. Give me a break. Okay. We all have a class one license to drive trucks or CDL, whatever you want to call it, class G, whatever. And it is... Your ticket to always getting a job in this industry. This is why I got into this job. Uh, I take it from someone who's had many, many, many a truck driving job, and I know you have too, Jay. We are oh, never, Lord, yeah. never, never out of work. And that's all I've got to say about that. So I remember, remember something, Brian. Um, truck drivers are human. Some of us fuck up. And we screw up in a way that it affects our ability to get a driving job. A good trucking job. And you and I, in in the new year, we're going to talk about some of the craziest firings that we have had in the trucking industry. And I'm telling you, we can do a whole nine-minute podcast. I have got the best. (laughs) I have got the best. You got to hold on that in the new year. All I'm going to say is it involves Elvis. this break.
to um, talk about, you know, uh, electrical limiters that um, companies, I'm not, I'm not naming names, but, you know, um, companies that, that, that put limiters on, on meters, uh, which technically, by law, is illegal from between October to March, but um, they they start rolling them out um, once you're a uh, certain amount of money behind. And when they roll it out, uh, they limit your electricity to only be able to draw uh, whatever they want it limited at. And through further investigation, I ended up finding out that uh, the limiter is only supposed to allow enough electricity for your furnace to run and for your fridge to run. So these are the only two items allowed. And once once you go over those wattages, your lights shut out, like everything shuts out, shuts off. So um, while, while, you know, you can still stay warm on the limiters, uh, it literally limits you to basically doing anything and uh, god forbid if you work from home then it, it prevents you from working also and um so the limiters is basically um so inside of the meter there's there's uh these switches uh kind of like what well exactly like what breakers have. and uh what they do right is is uh when they manufacture these they print these switches with holes and those holes uh, what they do is they take a wire and they put it through the hole, they tie it, and then they take uh, that, that wire and um, uh, attach it to a screw and wrap it around. So as long as that switch is flipped, you are, you, you are then limited to the amount of power. Now, um, if you understand how these limiters work, you, you, you know, I, I mean, you can imagine what you could do, but, um, you know, keep in mind, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put a disclosure out there right now. We do not condone illegal activity, and messing with one will get you an expensive fine and a lot of time in jail. So I wouldn't recommend it. But when these limiters are on, like like you can't you, you can't cook, you can't you can't clean, you you can't do anything. Like um, as soon as you turn on on that stove, the, the entire power to the house gets cut off. Then you have to go outside, pull a plunger and whatever, you know, and like you you have to pull the plunger down and then. Uh, hit it back up for the power to come back on. And this gets taxing, especially when, you know, you, you have to do it at 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. And there, there, I don't know, there, there's just been a lot more of these put on uh, people's houses. And the cost of electricity is through the roof right now. But actually, the cost of everything is through the roof right now. But um, we're now starting to see uh, people who never needed to worry about bills having to worry about you know, not just bills, but uh, getting evicted and stuff. So I feel, I feel like um, these practices should be looked at uh, more thoroughly. I do understand that you know there's there's money involved, and you know, well, you got to pay this, got to pay that. I understand that, but um, you know, keep in mind there should be a program implemented that's uh, kind of forgiving, um, especially with uh, this wave, like this, uh, I don't know, two or three year, uh, pandemic, you know, like it, 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 they knew it was here. They've had all this time to, you know, um, enact stuff and whatever, but they, they haven't done that. So electrical companies, they say that it's not illegal for them 
okay? And and they say it's, it's not illegal for them because they are still allowing you, technically allowing you, to use electricity, but only up to a certain point. Then you got government agencies like uh, Welfare that say it's illegal anywhere from between October to March, which, you know, if if, if you live in Canada, you'll know the, those are, like, some of the coldest months we have. So, um, anyways, um, that's all I, I, I have to say about the limiters. Um, Jay, did you have another subject? Um, depression. Like, we have a serious issue here in, in uh, Canada, the United Um, actually, depression is global. Um, 50% of teenagers have depression. What changed? Why, why are our kids all of a sudden depressed? Like, it, it, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Um, I believe one in four adults worldwide have depression. 90 people an hour worldwide commit suicide to depression. Like, the numbers are staggering. And we're worried about a flu. Like, what, what is causing? Um, it's, it's gotta be more than just mental health. Uh, it's gotta be something that we are doing to ourselves. Um, okay. I have it. It's, it's no picnic. Um, you get swings. Um, the slightest, the slightest thing can set you off. Um, before I got diagnosed, I took a bat to my car. I just lost my shit. Um, then I decided to go and get tested. It's just a blood test. Um, it's, it's a serious issue. And uh, if any of any of you uh, boys and girls out there are um, sluggish, you you just you don't want to do anything that you used to normally do and have a good time doing, right? Like whether it was with fishing, and now you just you just can't be bothered. Um, your appetite, you're not eating like you used to. You just couldn't be bothered. You'd rather sleep. You find you're just losing your shit over bad joke the wife tells you, and you just lose your shit. You just can't. You just don't even. You just flip out. Chances are you have a form of depression. It's a blood test. Go get, go get, go get checked. Do yourself a favor. Um, it's a, it's a serious issue. That's pretty much all I have to say. Okay. And you had a hell of a week. Uh, you were, yeah, uh, I went through a really bad bout of it, and now I also um, wasn't eating properly. I was eating junk. Now that can affect you, man. Um, also, it's also that lovely, happy. Happy, happy, fun time called Christmas that sucks absolute shit and puts the world of stress on even the happiest person in the world. It does. It does, actually. Hey, there's more people commit suicide Christmas Eve than any other time of the year. Wow. That is an actual fact. Because society teaches us that we have to be home focused and we have to have presentry. And we have to have tri- and we have to have tits all around. Have, 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 have. Guess yes. what? And I got to spend a thousand dollars on my daughter for I don't love her. Yeah. Or you have to rack up your credit card. No. Exactly. That's not what it's about. As well, you get family. older, you learn. As you get older, you learn. Um, family. That's family. It's all about. It's so you learn. And I know when your ex-wife was talking to you that she said, and I quote, don't worry about Christmas. We'll celebrate it when you exactly home. But you still, you know, the, the human factor, right? You, it, I don't know. It's like we're programmed. Well, I can tell you the amount of Christmases in 28 years in driving trucks, I can count them on one of my hands that I made. So for me, 
I don't want to say this as Mr. Grinch, but it's just another day. I know well, that's a horrible thing to say, but it's just another day. Well, not when you got a kid. No, I mean, that's the part. You're terrified. You're, you don't want to. Yeah, but that's a little different. Um, you want to be there with your kid. Like, that's why, that's, to me, that's all I want for Christmas, to see my kid at Christmas. That's, that's all I want. That's all I need. That's all I need. There you go. Kate, oh, well, and, 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 and Caitlin, if, you, and, if you're a damn point, well, she already knows that. I'm pulling that up. Your, da- your dad is, is how do we, um, probably has guilt over the years that he didn't see you, and he's trying to make it up by trying to see you at places like Christmas and special holidays, because he is a five, and we talked about his number. Oh, yeah, a lowly five. Yeah, good like not, not, not big and bad like you nine. That's true. That's true. We are we we do control the universe when it comes to all the numbers. Yeah, but while you while you nines are fiddle farting around doing whatever it is, you can't get effective, <laughs> remember? I'm the detective. I read You are. That's true. And speaking of weeding into shit, I weeded into some shit past week. Because I always have gone by the Adams Hotel in Levina, Montana. MJ, I'm sure you've gone by that many yes, times. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And it's an odd feeling that when you drive that by that hotel, and uh, I want to talk about it because I do remember that I actually stood on that porch um, when I was trucking with my wife, and I knew, I just knew right away there was a presence there, and... I was right. I was right. When I started going into the history of this, I was going away. So, um, basically, if you're traveling through to Billings on U.S. Route 12, you will have seen Adams Hotel by now. It's in Levina, Montana, and you have to go through Levina, Montana to get to Billings. Generally, you're a truck driver. That's the way you're going to go. Um, it was an opulent and influent building at one time, and it all started when rancher Ludwig C. Leifelt sold 33,000 acres of ranch land to the Milwaukee uh, Railroad in 1907. And Levina was eventually town site. And uh, this guy had architects named Link and Hare, they're quite famous architects back then, I guess, who drew up the plans in the early 1900s. Now, the cost of the Adams Hotel back then was $20,000 in, uh, in the fall of 1908. That's equivalent to $2 million today, guys. So it was like pretty, pretty prestigious place. And it was named after uh, this guy's best friend, uh, Milwaukee Rail- Railroad VP, John Q. Adams. I'm sure you've heard that name many times. The main entrance faced Main Street with the secondary north entrance facing the railroad tracks and the depot. It was a first-class establishment. It was offering steam heat, gas lighting, and a bar that was generally stocked with the finest liquors and cigars imported from Cuba. So that was big. That was big back then. Um, there was an elegant dining room serving the finest of meals. There was a uh, basically a private ladies' withdrawing room on the second floor, which that's just another fancy term for the shitter. Uh, each guest room was beautifully uh, pointed with carpeting, fine furnishings, along with a matching china wash uh, bowl and pitcher set. And the guests slept on five five weave linen sheets. Try saying that five times. With uh, down comforters for a good night's rest, even in the coldest winter nights, will stay warm 
in up in those uh, rooms. Now, the Adams Hotel hosted grand ballroom dances, social events. I mean, it was the talk of the town. Back then, Lavina flourished with the railroad along with people moving to it. But it was really short-lived because drought, crop failures, and bank closures took their toll and just did a number on the town. And the Adams Hotel then basically declined due to this opulent affordability to stay there. Nobody could stay there. So um, then we get into the continued haunting of the Adams Hotel. Now, back in 2010, when I stopped by there, I immediately felt like I'm really in tune to ghosts. I don't know what it is. I can tell you stories of ghosts that have been there, and, and it's just something that's ingrained in me. And I knew it was haunted. And um, one of the 580 or so original citizens of the Levina Cemetery is a guy named Emmanuel Dolt. And he was an immigrant from Switzerland who arrived in the United States around the turn of the 20th century. Now, if you look at his grave marker, you'll see Emmanuel was born January 27, 1877. It's known he died around March 27, 1927. And he's buried in the Lavina Cemetery, but it's not by choice. The records indicate he wanted his remains to be returned to his homeland in Switzerland. Now, Manny, they're known, he's known as the Manny the Ghost, he continues to haunt the Adams Hotel to this very day. And through early success, it was inspired the original owner, Liefeld, basically, he wanted to expand in 1911. By the 1920s, drought descended on Montana, quickly reversing any growth in that town. And as a result, Lavina still stayed alive, but it became a minor supply center, never again growing enough to acquire the Grand Hotel like the Adams. And the American Lutheran Church of Lavina formed their own congregation in 1930, and then they bought it, made it the Adams Hotel. But in 1973, due to high operating costs, the church once again had to sell the building. So sometime after the Lutherans vacated it, the hotel was purchased by a guy named Raymond Berry. He began to restore it shortly thereafter, but again, he was able to restore it. He lost money. Now, Manuel Dole, uh Sr., immigrated from Switzerland to Boston, Massachusetts in the late 1800s. So he married. He had a son born in the early 1900s. And his name was Emmanuel Dolt Jr. 87 years ago, in February 1927, Emmanuel Manny Dolt died in room number two of the Adams Hotel. He was 57 years old at the time of his death. He was also employed as a cook for the family of the hotel owner, the Lightbelt. You see, Manny and the hotel owner, Louis, were friends. And Manny Jr., we'll call him, was employed to cook for the Lightbelt family. So on one particular conversation, Manny said, if I ever die... I, I don't want to be I don't want to be buried here. This, this is a nothing town. I want to go back to uh, my hometown in Switzerland. So promise me. And the guy did, right? He definitely didn't want to be buried in the cemetery. No, no desire to do that. He wanted his remains shipped back to his homeland of Switzerland, and in return, his widowed mother, as she was still alive at the time, would basically um, have him buried in the backyard, so to speak. Unfortunately, when the hotel closed after the banks failed in 1923, Manny was left homeless as now the Liefelds had to force themselves to leave the hotel to rent an even smaller home. But Louis gave Manny permission to live in the hotel, but the heat was shut off. So in early February 1927, Manny retired to his room. He was, you know, doing odd jobs around the hotel and he was tired. He was just dead tired. And pardon the pun, but he fell asleep. And he never woke up. The, the crazy thing 
thing about it was he had a down comforter blanket with him all, all like right by the bed, and he never, ever put that on. Had he put that on, he never would have died from the pneumonia because the Montana winter was so cold with no heat that it was like, basically it was like an ice chest in the room. So when they found him, they found him the next day because they went to check in on him. And um, then Louie wrote to Manny's mother and said, this is what we need to do. And she said, I'm on a pension. I, I can't afford to ship my son's remains back. But what I want you to do is bury him temporarily in the Lavina Cemetery, right? Uh, and I'll get the money to you. And eventually, you know, his body can come back to me. So she, what she did is she purchased a white Carrera marble cross with Manny's birth and dates on it. And it's the only such marker in the cemetery. And then, uh, of course, the Liefelds got into financial distress. They lost the whole in 1930, the hotel, for a measly, get this, $600 in back taxes. That's all they owed. And they, they couldn't. So then they converted it to the churches previously mentioned. They were in there for 35 years. And guess, guess what the churchgoers started seeing? Manny's ghost. Manny's ghost started floating around the place. And um, people were, were getting freaked out by it. And then... Here's the funny part. Uh, uh, Manny's mother says, hey, I got the money, right? I'll, you know, bring my son home. But guess what Louie does? I don't know why he did this. He purchased an overgate to the cemetery with the name Lavina emblazed on it. And it, st- it stands in the front of the cemetery today. But Manny didn't rest in peace because having died while not in full control of his faculties, he was unaware that he was now without a physical body, that he was a ghost. Uh, you know, he couldn't go to the light. So in truth, um, basically, the ghost was seen so many times by church attendees. On one occasion, I guess the churchgoers were up on the floor, and Manny was uh, just uh, coming off the bed, but there was no bed. But it was said that he was like coming off the bed and walking through the halls and trying to actually telepathically communicate with the people, and they just got freaked out. They just all ran outside. And they, they didn't want to talk about it. But here's the funny part. He was dressed in dark trousers with a white shirt that had thin blue stripes when he died. You know what the people saw him wearing? Same outfit. Same outfit, yeah. Suspenders without a cellul- celluloid collar, about five foot four in height, dark curly hair, cut close head, and he was basically trying to say, hey, I'm still alive, why can't I talk to you guys, right? So he's not an evil ghost, he's a confused ghost, right? Enough to scare the shit out of you, I'm sure, right? But... Um, uh, they basically uh, have never been able to get him out of the hotel. And they don't want to talk to you about it. I actually watched a program about Lavina being reopened last summer. And you know what? They never mentioned about Manny's ghost. They don't want you to know that, right? But the truth is, Manny Dole haunts the Adams Hotel as a restless spirit to this very day. That's a crazy enough. You would figure that they would want to talk about it. No, no, I mean, no. especially, especially in this day and age that we're in. Um, no, they won't talk about it. They, they won't really even, bizarre. they only acknowledge that the, the last time the ghost was thousand, they won't acknowledge anything else. They won't go into the history. It took me a hell of a lot of uh, to find out the history. And, and I had to go through Google and Wikipedia and, and whatnot. And it was just crazy. So, yeah, and I, I always knew. As soon as I drove by that place, I saw shadows in, in the, in, up on the second floor. And now I know which room to actually look for, right? But, man, oh, man, you get the heebie-jeebies. I mean, even though he's not an evil spirit, it's just a freaking weird 
situation. You get a, you get a, you get a sense. You get a sense. Yes, I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. I know. I know the place now. I was looking at a picture of the place. I know the place and, now. And it's not. It's not a sense of of scared. It's just a sense of feel a loss. Such a loss for that person that really had the right then been done. Uh, that would never be an issue. Now this is an ongoing issue that will be there forever because of that. Well, you know, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. You know, I'm surprised that, you know, the church um, uh, didn't, at the time, put together a, a, a collection to get him shipped to Sweden. Um, well, maybe the church wasn't that close to to uh, the life outside. I don't know. Who knows, right? Well, I mean, maybe, you're not, maybe. You're not. It's kind of those those details are so foggy. All she knows is that there's a ghost that haunts that place, has a restless spirit, and it'll probably I don't know. Maybe he'll find the light one day. I I don't know. Um, I'm not really uh, kind of familiar with the, the netherworld after they pass by and like when or how long are they going to stay in that hotel. But if you don't know that you're dead, then as a ghost, how long do you need to haunt the hotel? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But in a day and age where hotels are actually advertising their ghosts. Uh, they're not advertising. Um, what do you think, Will? What do you, what do you think about the story? It's, um, it's pretty interesting. Would you ever spend a night there? Um, I prefer not to piss ghosts off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, he's, he's not an evil spirit. So I think just for that fact alone, he is fascinating. That was a bunch. I would never do it by myself. But if I had my road crew, my posse, like you guys, oh yeah, I'd like to do it. You know, we'd have I mean, like maybe, yeah. Then, then maybe, maybe I think about it. But you, you know, in hindsight, um, when you think about it, it, it might actually be a good thing because the spirit is there. It'd be like. You know, you're spending time with that 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 spirit, and they're like, like I mean, when they come around, they all they want is maybe we'll ask Dave. I would we'll ask, You know what? We're gonna ask Dave Scott about that. Uh, yes. In February, I do it. I would do it to hurt me. I think Dave would they would be all all over that because he he chases ghosts, right? The only place I I don't think I I would uh, I would uh, I can't remember the name of the battlefield, but you can look it up. Just look up for the look up the Green Eyed Monster. Um, there's a uh, a haunted battlefield that uh, in the southern states. I wouldn't even I wouldn't spend the night there. Right. Okay, so we're gonna take another break. We'll be back with uh, some information on pheromones and Pete Davidson. Okay, so we're back. Um, just got something to talk about here. Uh, Pete Davidson defies um, every known um, explanation of why he's with supermodels and attractive women, and I think, guys, I have the answer. Can you believe it? And no, it's not because of his long schlong. Okay. Nope, 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 nope. It's called pheromones. Uh, you ever wander into a bar and see a butt-ugly guy with a supermodel? Or how about a butt-ugly, uh, unattractive female with a really good-looking guy? Okay. So the first thing you, of course, you go towards, you know, between his legs, and you think about that, or think, oh, she's a gold digger, she's after his money, okay? Well, then there's the other, what I call the crazy Pete Davidson phenomena about dating women out of this entire baseball league, and the answer is simple, it's pheromones, and it's a real thing, truckers. Pheromones are substances which are secreted to the outside of your body, and these things are actually put out by one individual and then received by a second individual. Now, animals, like my dog, Bandit, have used pheromones for centuries. 
take Bandit. Let's use him as an example. He has a functioning vomeronasal organ. You guys know what that is? No. Okay, a vomeronasal organ's main task is to influence mating and social behavior in four-legged creatures. They consist of specialized receptor cells that play an important role in sexual behavior and reproductive physiology, especially in all kinds of animals. So know that all pheromones are present in animals and human beings. Now, with the pheromones in human beings, now this is the interesting thing, levels of pheromones can differ from one human being to the other. I'm a firm believer that Pete Davidson has the most pheromones in the entire freaking world because he gets the most hottest women and it just defies explanation. I was listening to a, a radio station and the, guy, the guy's trying to say it's one of those things like, you know, Stonehenge or, you know, we, we don't know why Stonehenge is there. You know, uh, we don't know why the pyramids were made. You know, they could be made by aliens and he tried to beat Davidson in that same thing. And I went on there and I, I broke his theory and oh my God, we had such an argument and I'm on the, uh, the end of one of their podcasts because it is so funny, so hilarious. So, um, and it's a, it's a fact, it's an actual fact. If a human being secretes an unreal amount of pheromones, they can actually attract women that they really have no business dating. And that is the Pete Davidson theory. Done. It's interesting. Very. Okay. So we can get into the chapter reading and yep. that would be it. it. So um, if there's anything you guys want to add to it before I do the chapter reading, just let me know. Um, we're going into a really funny chapter called Jazzy Chef. Okay, we're back. To all of our freaks, um, if you have any anything to add or comments to tell us or anything at all, really, um, you can send an email to one of four places. The first one would be bws underscore bearholding at yahoo.ca. The second alternative would be jpatrickmore, M-O-O-R-E, 70, at gmail.com. The third one would be willgibbs1988 at hotmail.ca. And if you want to send a message directly to um, the podcast, you can email us at highwayfreaks at hotmail.com. And for anything else, we are on Twitter. Uh, just search up Highway Freaks, uh, H-I-W-A-Y-F-R-E-K-S. That's on Twitter and Instagram, I believe. The Facebook is uh, coming soon, as we just recently changed names and sponsors. And, yeah, that's, that's, that's about it. Um, we, we do want to give a shout out to the, the, the sponsors that uh, popped up in this podcast. Uh, we, we appreciate you. And, uh, with that being said, um, Brian, I believe you, uh, it's your story time now. It is story time. So, um, we are in chapter five of the life of Jasper Stevenson, my buddy. So it's a very short chapter, but it, uh, is definitely, uh, quite, uh, significant to his, uh, continuing life story. So here we go. I was always the designated cook of the household. Chuck was rarely around after school due to hanging around with Glenn and getting blitzed. Usually my mom worked until 9 o'clock in the evening, so I had to prepare supper for around 6 o'clock when my dad came home from work. What oddball and strange concoctions I conjured up in the kitchen, too. Yes, nobody could put together craft dinner, green peas, and 
cleaner combinations like I could. Usually I fried up hamburger in a skillet and threw it in a can of vegetable soup, appropriately naming that dish dog food. My dad had referred to what I made one time as something he would rather give to the dog than us, so the name stuck. Yes, I could make food taste like seven different kinds of shit, but still, both of them always ate it. Once in a while, we engaged the food fight to the kitchen table. Sometimes my dad would come home in a bad mood and tell me he wasn't eating my slop. I responded by telling him he was damn well going to eat what I spent an hour or so cooking for him, or I would kick his ass. The next instant, my dad would throw a few morsels at my brother, pieces of food would hit me, and the result was a sloppy mess in the kitchen. It was followed by a more physical fight between my dad and I with Chuck cheering me on. It started kind of serious, but in the end, it was just good, clean, rough fun. Despite all these disagreements concerning my culinary skills, they always consumed my bizarre creations, no matter how unusual they looked on the dinner plate. Most of the time in the spring, summer, and early fall, we rode our 10-speed bikes to school. In the winter, however, it was a different ball game. We walked to school wearing those stupid, idiotic, shiny, silver leggings. My mom made us wear, even at spring thaw. There could be green grass, but if my mother could see still spots of snow on the ground, she made us wear that feminine type of clothing. We figured out a way to save further embarrassment as the leggings were taken off at the nearest street corner when she was out of out when she was out of our sight. I put mine in my school bag, but had to remember to put them back on when school finished at around four. I still remember my first real paying job as my brother and I were driven out to a farm near Interkip, about 25 minutes from town. There, Chuck and I baked in the hot summer sun, picking strawberries, and closer to the fall, green beans. Just after my 10th birthday, Richard Nixon had resigned the office of the President of the United States due to the ongoing Watergate scandal. Nixon had quit his post as President on August 9, 1974, and in point of truth, was the first President to ever do so. He had previously refused to surrender over 500 cases of documents that had been subpoenaed by the Senate Watergate Committee. President Gerald Ford immediately issued an unconditional pardon for any offenses Nixon might have committed, thus forestalling any possible persecution. Former FBI agent and chief operative G. Gordon Liddy was found guilty of conspiracy burglary and illegal wiretapping for his role in the scandal. Speaking of politics, women were holding hiring posts and titles that previously before. In fact, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police started accepting applications for regular police duties for the very first time. However, that was not all, as Indigenous people were also holding high-ranked positions, such as Ralph Steinauer, becoming the first Aboriginal person to be a Canadian Lieutenant Governor of Alberta. Newspaper heiress Patty Hearst was kidnapped from her Berkeley, California apartment by the Symbionese Liberation Army. Nineteen months later, she became a fugitive for serious crimes being part of the group. The Universal Product Code, bar scanning on grocery store products, was scanned for the first time. The product scanned is a package of Wrigley's chewing gum, which occurs at the Marsh Supermarket in Troy, Ohio. This will widely be used in the United States, Canada, Europe, New Zealand, Australia, and other countries to tracking store trade items. A tornado struck Windsor, Ontario, which only killed nine people. This is quite significant as it's the only second largest tornado outbreak within a 24-hour period. It was also the most violent tornado outbreak ever recorded with 30 F4, F5 twisters confirmed. On April 3rd to the 4th, 148 tornadoes were recorded in 13 U.S. states along the, the Canadian province of Ontario, Canada. In the U.S., they struck New York, Virginia, and West Virginia, continuing a path of ultimate destruction in North Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Kentucky, Tennessee, 
even the central and eastern United States were not exempt, including Ohio, Michigan, and Indiana. These outbreaks resulted in over 843 million U.S. dollars and covered damage over 900 square miles. At one point, there were as many as 15 separate tornadoes on the ground simultaneously, never before seen in history. It became known as the 1974 Super Tornado Outbreak. The first expansion team of the National Hockey League, the Philadelphia Flyers, a.k.a. the Broad Street Bullies, defeat the Boston Bruins four games to two to win the Stanley Cup. Muhammad Ali knocks out George Foreman in eight rounds to regain his heavyweight boxing title. Ali had been stripped of his title seven years earlier. The historic fight was called the Rumble in the Jungle and took place in the Kinshasa Zaire in Central Africa. There were other crazy things we performed at our new house, too. I'm sure you've all heard of Blind Man's Bluff as kids, but you'd never have done it in a three-foot swimming pool, I bet. Well, I chipped my tooth from that stupid escapade. If I hadn't played that darn game, I would have a set of perfect front teeth. Nonetheless, I made the mistake of jumping at my brother Chuck out of the water and landed on the side of the aluminum walls of our pool using my mouth to stop it. One thing was for certain, my dentist was happy to see me that afternoon. I simply can't forget when our neighbor, Mrs. Seltzer, caught us skinny dipping in our swimming pool either. Well, not exactly skinny dipping, but more like naked butts in the wind. I was performing a bummy dive where I pulled down my bathing suit and drove off the pool ladder with my bare butt sticking up in the air. We were always pulling crazy pranks of that nature and playing tricks on my mom. It was no exception. Most of the time, we used common things such as rubber snakes and plastic spiders. We usually placed them in her bed before she went to sleep for the night, followed by waiting for a few seconds or so to hear her scream and laugh ourselves silly. However, there was a real scary time an incident occurred which happened to me that wasn't so funny. I could have lost my manhood entirely and been scarred for life. One morning, I got up to watch a Saturday morning cartoon and walked into the bathroom to worship the shrine of Thomas Crapper. Fortunately, I was constipated, so when I went to get up from it, I was surprised to find a big, ugly sewer rat sitting on the inside rim of the toilet bowl. I screamed like a little schoolgirl and ran into my mom and dad's bedroom, telling them what I discovered. My mom didn't believe me, and I told my dad to go back to sleep because she thought this was one of our usual pranks. Despite this, I persisted in waking her up and insisted she come into the bathroom to see what was in the bowl. When my mom saw it, the ugly thing woke up from its rest, scurrying back down in the water underneath the pipes to where it, became, it came from. The funny thing was when my dad finally got up and did walk into the bathroom, it was gone. All of us had to convince him of what had transpired. I guess he thought we were pranking him and had gotten my mother involved as our accomplice. Now, to this very day, whenever I go to the bathroom, I always look to see what might be in there before I sit down. Writing about your life isn't always pretty, folks. Coming up on Christmas Eve, I will be having a controversial interview with Elfie Curley. There's some stuff going on at North Pole, boys and girls, and it ain't pretty. Tune in. Bye.